0: Thanks everyone for joining us this week. It's uh, recording on December the 1st, 2021. It's been kind of a fast November. Brent, it's good to have you back. You've been in harvest and in the holidays and travel. So great to catch up with you. And so just wanted to spend a little bit of time. We've been getting ready for our presentations this winter for different outlook sessions. And so that's been started a few this week. That's been good, but wanted to share a few ideas that we've been thinking about. I know I wrote some articles and, Brent kind of, I think we call this uh, lateral thinking when you go down one sort of vein to try to answer a question and you, or someone else goes down a little different vein or a little different path and tries to confirm or follow up on this. And so I just went down the path one, this week and then Brent went down kind of unknown to each other, a different path, thinking about the budgets for 2022. Uh, and and we've reached some similar conclusions. So we'll talk about what I wrote. And Brent, you can tease what you've been including, but I'll pull it up for those who are watching us on the video. A couple articles. And the first one I titled was Lessons from 2008. And the reason why we started here is last May, a farm management professional came up to me after a session and said, "Hey." what can we learn from the past to help producers think about where production costs might be in 2022? And it was a really great question. We wrote an article about that. And we found that actually 2008 was a year when budgets changed a lot. And we use the Purdue crop data, uh, variable costs for corn were up about 35%. Soybeans were up about, you know, 33%. And what's also worth noting is they f- were up again the following year in 2009. And so we updated the data right now, the Purdue budget, so that production costs on the variable side are up less than 20%, but we're getting close to that 20% mark. Um, and on a per acre basis, uh, rotation corn's up about $100 an acre and soybeans are up about $50 an acre uh, in 2008 corn budgets were almost $150 an acre higher for the variable costs. And then we also dove in a little bit on the fixed costs. Fixed costs are easy to overlook. Uh, in my outlook session, I've encourage producers to think about this. We get hyper-focused on seed, fertilizer, and crop protection, which it makes sense because we have a lot of availability of those prices. It gets kind of blasted our way in a lot of different forms, but we can also see where our total overhead costs or fixed costs can work their way higher. In 2008, they are up uh, almost 20% or $50 an acre. So far, these early Purdue budgets don't show much of an increase in overhead costs, but I think it's early for these fixed costs because a lot of the decisions we're going to make now and in the beginning of the year for new purchases or new uh, cash rental agreements, those will start to be more evident. So we'll have to wait for the data for that. So Brent, what are you even observing and thinking about?
1: Well, I think this is a useful way to way, I think, to think about it and and look at those costs and how much they've changed in the past relative to today. And I would say, you know, and I think you said it pretty well. A lot of these costs are pretty hard to estimate um, when you look at those numbers. Uh, I think this is probably a first stab. I would guess they're going to go even higher uh, when they update them because they're going to update them. Um I don't know whether they'll change the overhead costs. They, th- Those are the hardest ones to estimate. But I think, you know, from what I've seen, just even in my own farm, those fixed costs are rocketing higher uh, more quickly than we want to admit. You know, labor prices are going up. Equipment prices are going up significantly So you're seeing some pretty big increases there. And then on the variable cost side too, uh, again, you know, I think the data that they used for those uh, fertilizer budgets and things were pretty optimistic, probably realistic at the time. Uh, I'm sure they were because I know how they do those budgets. And so they get prices. And I think a lot of people would wish they would have locked prices like that in uh, when they Get to see what fertilizer prices are
0: today. You know, it's funny. I uh, was doing my presentation earlier today. I was talking about the stable errors of production ag. And there are times in history when you can take last year's budget and scratch out the dates and put up a new date and turn it into your ag lender. And it's pretty darn accurate. And, you know, we were kind of there in 2017, 18, maybe 2019. Um, but now you have to update your budgets every two or three weeks because it changes so quickly. And so I think that's one of the really hard parts that we're facing is, well, when did we measure it uh, most recently? When's the most recent observation? What are we comparing it to from you know a year ago or six months ago? What are the comparison periods? And so it's just a very volatile time in, in the budgets.
1: It's volatile. I think everywhere in the whole economy, things are moving pretty rapidly. And you know, Jay Powell was out the other day and conceded on the transitory inflation point and scratched that out of the Fed's lexicon. So, you know, there's just a lot of changes happening kind of everywhere you look. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an important time to keep on top of things, I think. The other thing I think, as you point out in, in here is that, you know, the costs matter, but so do the prices. And maybe that's the next article, but, uh, but these costs are clearly going up. And I mean, you're, you've got to be looking at least a hundred dollars, if not more uh, variable cost increases across the board for most crops. I think probably getting closer to 200 on corn.
0: Yeah. And so. Uh, it's interesting because sometimes you work on something and you go into another project and like, oh, why is 2009? And I talked about 2008, 2009 in this article. Now 2009 stands out. And what we tried to capture here is um, thinking about the acreage debate and re- the revenue side of the equation. And outside of some of the AEI premium content we, we post and we, we do a little other project and we do regular updates of you know what the, commodity market looks like for the new crop. And it's been interesting to watch. Corn prices have been pretty steady and soybeans just consistently lose a little bit of footing. And that's been going on really since June or May. Soybeans have just been losing their footing. And so we had a soybean corn price ratio last spring, and I'm highlighting it here. It was at 2.59, almost 2.6. It was the highest that we've seen in modern years. And now it depends on how you measure it, but you could probably see a soybean price ratio all the way back here to 2.2, 2.21. So we've gone from the most favorable soybean price ratio to one of the most favorable for corn. And I think most of us are overlooking this and it has really big implications. And the first thing we'll note is the last time we had a price ratio this low was 2012. We planted 97 million acres of corn. And um, we have to recognize that The budget is a composition of expenses and revenue. And I see a lot of commentary about how producers are going to make decisions. I know Brent on Acres, and Brent's going to do a better job of this in his articles we have coming up next week. I see a lot of people making predictions of what farmers are going to do next year based on fertilizer prices, and they've never considered the budget. And the budget is the entirety of that.
1: Yeah, the revenue side is really important because, yes, the, I mean, it's, it's easy to think this is where that phrase, all else equal, is really important because it's true that all else equal, higher fertilizer prices should favor soybeans because corn is a more fertilizer intensive crop, all else equal. But as we know, all else is not equal, and that price ratio has moved the other way and it favors corn. And I think right now, I mean, if you just do the numbers, um, it would suggest that it favors corn more than soybeans by quite a bit. In fact, I think your article would, would point it out. You put those numbers into that model and it's gonna pop something out close to hundred million acres of corn. And that's a huge, huge number. Now that's not our forecast. But keep in mind that helps us like frame up some boundaries of what's possible, and um, so I guess what we're saying is you know, that price ratio right now is really unattractive for soybeans,
0: yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, we're not forecasting 99 million acres of corn. We're just simply saying this is what the model would blindly spit out. And in this article, I looked back and said, okay, how much air has there been in the past from the model? And actually 2009 is the big year. And in today's terms of 180 million acres of corn and soybeans, it was off by about 5 million acres. It underestimated soybean acres by 5 million or overestimated corn. So, I think we all agree, uh, Brent and I, and probably most listeners, that soybeans are going to punch above their weight here this year. The question is how big of a punch can they have? And so we wanted to frame this up and say, okay, first, the starting point's closer to 99 million acres of corn and, and 81 soybeans. Now, soybean starts to make a big punch, and a big punch is 5 million above the model estimate. That puts us into a context of how we might be able to start thinking about it. And it could exceed 5 million this year, but we have to realize that's getting out to the edge of historic observations. So you have to be careful if you make an assumption that corn's at 90 million acres next year, you have to be very careful with that. It could happen with prevented planting or a lot of wheat and cotton acreage coming in, but you have to think about what are the assumptions I have to accept to get to that conclusion? And this is simply what we're trying to point out is, corn based on the price ratio has a lot of, the deck is stacked heavily in corn's favor. And soybeans are probably gonna overplay their hand and pick up some acres, but they're limited. They're still behind the eight ball here. A lot of gaming references just thrown out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, and this, this was a year, as you said, 2009, Last we saw those really big cost increases. Soybeans did well relative to corn that year, better than we would expect. So, you know, there's a lot of variables. And, and the other thing I think is that this is a situation this year where all the crops are favorable wheat is on as good a footing as it's been on for a long time. So wheat's going to be very competitive. So that could chisel down, you know, that number. And as you say at the end of your article, you know, it's all contingent on saying we got 180 million acres of these two crops. And, you know, that may not, you know, we may not get that high this year. So lots of moving parts, uh, lots of rhetoric going on. I mean, my view is, you know, we have to, i'm just i'm skeptical of gigantic moves right now based on the data that we have in front of us there's pros and cons to both sides um the the biggest question i think is gonna be how well wheat does and cotton and some of those other crops and taking acres away and then of course the huge wild card is that prevent plant which was really thin this year in part because crop prices are really, really
0: high, I think. I mean, you have a lot of incentive to get out there and get that planted. So to summarize, uh, we're just trying to add some caution here. A lot of people making decisions based on, or predictions based on fertilizer prices. And we just pointed out that there's all the expenses, there's the price ratio, there's preventive planting, there's wheat, there's cotton. So this acreage debate has a lot of angles and some of them are canceling each other out. There's not a clear winner when you, all the signs don't point in the same direction. And so you have to think about how you net those out. So Brent, we have a couple of forecast network questions I want to tease here. What's the probability the March 2020 perspective planning report estimating more than 93 million acres of corn in 2022? So 93.3 was the number planted last year. The consensus is at 40% probability. Uh, I'm above the consensus at 65% probability. Let this be a way to guide your thinking and see how you update over time uh we'll see how this plays out but 93 million seems like a good place to start the debate and we'll see how that plays out
1: yeah and i would be uh i'm well above that i can't tell you off the top of my head what my percentage is and the official percentages in the forecast network but i'd be right up there with you which sometimes i get a little nervous when i get that far away from consensus so it surprises me the consensus is that low to be honest
0: well, Brent, to wrap this up, uh, we didn't talk about staggering farmland values in this recording, but we talked about it ahead of time. We'll talk about it in the future post and recording. But asset valuations have been kind of crazy, and, and we attribute a lot of this to the low interest rate environment. But I want to tell a little fun story. Um, it's holiday related. It's holiday themed. Everyone remembers the, uh, I think it was a 2003 movie, Elf with Will Ferrell, where, you know, the elf comes from the North Pole, and he his real biological parents. And the costume from that show mm-hmm. recently sold in November, and they expected the costume would fetch somewhere between twenty-seven dollars and $41,000. And so it went to auction, and it was bought by an anonymous bidder for almost $300,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's another example of, you know... How do you think about valuing a costume from a classic holiday show? I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of factors, but here is another example of uh, experts thinking you would bring one thing and it came out closer to 10x that. So, uh, a little fun holiday trivia for you to wrap this up.
1: Wild times, isn't it?
0: (laughs) All right. Well, Brent, thanks so much for joining us. Looking forward to recording um, another one here pretty quick. Uh, We'll keep writing great posts. We have our holiday schedule here at AEI put together. And so we're going to have a lot of great content to come out here in the next few weeks. And we're looking forward to that. So thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you all soon. Stay curious.